And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. And Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena, and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you too. Uh, did you have a good birthday? Uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> not very, not very, uh, not as exciting as it used to be. Say uh, maybe ten <laughs> years ago, maybe I would have celebrated a bit more lavishly. But now it's just uh, you know, just staying, staying calm and uh, staying relaxed and uh, yeah. A quiet evening in the house. <laughs> All right. Keep calm and carry on. That's the motto, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners. This is our first pick of the day. Yoon's debrief. So President Yoon has debriefed his cabinet on his recent trip to New York, instructing officials to take active measures to follow up on his meetings with the world leaders. Run us through what he said. Yeah, so not just his cabinet, but uh, also uh, he shared his uh, outcomes of the meeting with the public as well. Now, he said the Pusan Expo uh, will be a value-oriented expo that will change the paradigm of the international community from one of the uh, from one of competition rather to one of solidarity. Of course, the main point of his uh, or the main goal of his trip to New York was to meet as many world leaders and people and officials as he can to promote uh, Pusan to host uh, the 2030 World Expo. He said the entire world would share. Uh, their accomplishments rather than show them off individually. Uh, he stressed that this would offer each nation a chance to make substantial strides in science, technology and industry through the Pusan Expo. Uh, and he also said that if we have confidence that global markets and expos belong to us and throw ourselves into it, they will become ours. So basically saying that uh, if we show passion, then we'll achieve what we want. Uh, his remarks were basically an emphasis on the importance of seizing global opportunities as well. Now, regarding the uh, carbon-free alliance proposed in his key speech during the UN General Assembly, he urged uh, relevant ministries to actively support its establishments and make diplomatic efforts to encourage the participation of global companies, governments, as well as uh, international organizations. Uh, he also mentioned that during the cabinet meeting, um, a report on digital diplomacy would be presented. He requested ministries to establish uh, AI and digital policies based on this report. He's been uh, talking about kind of a digital order uh, mm. in the um, era of uh, ever advancing and rapidly advancing digital uh, technologies. Furthermore, he repeatedly issued warnings regarding military exchanges between Russia uh, and North Korea, and he also emphasized the importance of expanding the playing field for Korean citizens and businesses alike. All right, so uh, that was a wrap-up of President's uh, trip to New York. With that, we move on to our second keyword of the day. Ironclad commitment. So U.S. Secretary of State Tony uh, Anthony Blinken has uh, stressed the importance of South Korea's alliance and again warned against military cooperation between North Korea and Russia. Yes, that's right. Uh, he was speaking during a forum uh, on the South Korea-U.S. alliance. Uh, this marks actually the 70th anniversary of the alliance, which mm. uh, Blinken said was forged in blood. He added that the relationship has grown from a key security alliance into a vital global partnership. Uh, and he also defined the ROK-US relationship as a very close human and economic relationship as well. And he said the alliance has been uh, robustly maintained to this day based on the common spirit of continued cooperation. Uh, furthermore, he mentioned investment cases in the US as well by Korean companies such as SK Hynix and uh, Harakusel in terms of 
boosting that economic uh, relationship. And he noted that Korean companies have invested over $10 billion in the U.S., uh, leading innovation and creating jobs uh, for both U.S. and Korean workers. And he said he also looks forward to Seoul serving as a non-permanent member of the U.N. Security Council next year. Uh, meanwhile, he also condemned North Korea and Russia's military cooperation yet again, seeing it threatens global peace and security. And he said Kim Jong-un's recent trip to Russia revealed North Korea's uh, threat to a broader security. And he again warned that an arms deal would violate multiple UNSC resolutions. Um, and also at the forum was the former U.S. Uh, uh, FK commander Vincent Brooks. He said there is a need to discuss uh, whether the current military command structure, uh, namely the UN command structure, aligns with the improving relations that we've been seeing uh, between the Korea, US and Japan. And he suggested that it is worth discussing the possibility of integrating US forces Korea and US forces Japan into kind of a single unit. Uh, and the tentatively uh, proposed the name as uh, U.S. forces Far East or establishing a separate command. There was actually such a um, unified command during uh, uh, World War II, in mm. fact, uh, just after it. And uh, uh, basically, he's saying that maybe we should bring back such an alliance and a uniformed command rather than having two separate ones mm. uh, in terms of uh, for the Korea and Japan. So we'll have to see if uh, the South Korean government and Japan uh, do take that on board. All right, but there are c continuously calls uh, to adjust to maybe acclimate to changing security landscape. We'll leave it there for now so we can turn our attention to our third keyword of the day. These are expansion. So trying to deal with the ever quickly depleting human resources and the changing dynamics and workforce and an aging society, regionally speaking, there is a big discrepancy between major cities and, uh, well, non-urban areas, I suppose. So how do we close that gap? The Justice Ministry plans to expand the issuance of skilled workers uh, visas to foreign talents to strengthen industrial competitiveness and revitalize those regional economies. Can you tell us the details of the plan? Yeah, so it's basically getting in more talent, as you mentioned, in the first place, uh, because, of course, the uh, labor population here in Korea is quite is dwindling uh, mm. somewhat. And, of course, spreading that talent, of course, uh, mm. elsewhere, not just concentrated to the capital region. Uh, Justice Minister Han dong announced the plans to expand what's known as the uh, K-Point E74 visa. We all know what we think about uh, putting a K in front of everything, <laughs> but uh, you get K-Points basically okay. for this visa. And the number of people eligible will be expanded to 35,000 skilled workers, skilled being the key word there, mm. from the current annual quota of 2,000. Now, he explained that in the review of skilled worker transitions, the ministry will prioritise considering the opinions of companies uh, local governments and other stakeholders in the field. So they'll go through a, quite a screening process, a thorough one at that. Now, this K-Point E74 focuses on allowing foreign workers who meet certain criteria, such as residing in Korea for over four years, demonstrating a certain level of Korean language proficiency, and having been recommended by companies with a year, with over a year rather, of work experience to change their existing visa to a skilled worker or E74 uh, visa. So to qualify for a visa conversion, uh, applicants must score 200 or more points out of a total of 300 on the evaluation criteria. 
uh, bonus points will actually be awarded to foreign workers recommended by local governments for regional economic revitalization mm. uh, and those who have worked in uh, depopulated or rural areas for more than three years. Of course, their work in those areas, of course, means that they're contributing to the local uh, governments. Now, after obtaining the visa, the worker must actually work for the recommending company for a minimum of two years. Uh, and of course, illegal residents and tax defaulters and foreigners with criminal records of so fines exceeding one million one will be excluded um, from the target group. Now, once a skilled visa uh, worker is uh, sorry, a skilled worker visa is acquired, the worker will be eligible to invite accompanying family members, among mm. other benefits as well. So this is um, not just an issuance of a new visa, but also a visa conversion of those who already have uh, a visa or a kind of a, a residential visa or workers visa here in Korea. Right, right. With potential more benefits, if that is, they keep the job that they signed up for for a prolonged period. I mean, from a quota of 2,000 to 35,000 skilled workers, that's a pretty big expansion. (laughs) That's right. And uh, the uh, other kind of benefits that are included is maybe uh, eventually they can go to uh, these people who get these visas can probably apply for citizenship down the line as Mm. well. So if it's something that they want to do, that, of course, will make that road uh, just a bit easier. We've always been a homogenous country. We're making small changes. Um, We'll have to see how this plan pans out. Let's leave it there for now. We move on to our fourth keyword of the day. DP Chief's fate. So the fate of the Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung's political career will be tested in an arrest warrant hearing later today. It is the first such warrant review for a sitting leader of the main opposition party in Korea's constitutional history. What can we expect, Adam? Yeah, certainly grabbing a lot of the headlines. Uh, a lot of eyes will be on this because of what the decision will mean in terms of the repercussions in just uh, the political sphere uh, and also the prosecution as well. It's not just um, eyes are on the uh, opposition leader, but also on the prosecution as well. Now, his attendance at the Seoul Central District Court uh, will mark as actually his first public appearance. Uh, since ending a 24-hour hunger strike on uh, Saturday. He faces multiple charges, including breach of trust, bribery and illegal remittance to uh, North Korea, among others. Uh, it is expected that both the prosecution and East defense team will, of course, engage in a fierce legal battle in courts over the extent of proving the crime allegations and the uh, necessity of arrest. Uh, prosecutors have cited seriousness of the crimes and possible destruction of evidence as grounds for the arrest warrant request. Uh, he denies all allegations and is expected to dispute the prosecution's investigation. The outcome, including the possible um, the possibility of its arrest, excuse me, has the potential to cast a dark cloud over the DP with general elections only Uh, six months away. Now, a final ruling regarding E's arrest is expected uh, this evening or early tomorrow morning. The schedule, however, is changeable due to uh, a possible deterioration of E's health caused by uh, his hunger strike. Now, both the prosecution and E's side, as I mentioned, are expected to face kind of significant consequences depending on the outcome of the hearing. Now, Uh, If the warrant is issued, Mm. the prosecution will have the opportunity to intensify its investigation. Uh, On the other hand, if the motion for arrest is dismissed, the prosecution will not be able to basically avoid uh, the backlash that it will face from the opposition party and maybe some members of the public. Um, Now, if the warrant is issued, then that could potentially 
some say, end E's political career and, of course, create further divisions within the, uh, within the DP. And there's already some feuds going on at the moment because, of course, there was uh, just under 30 lawmakers from the DP who actually voted for the arrest uh, to consent right, or right. for E's arrest during that National uh, Assembly session. So, of course, if he is arrested, that will create more divides. And, of course, we're having a general election early next year. Mm. So... Um, we'll have to see how they can weather the storm. But of course, we don't know anything yet until mm. an actual ruling is laid down. All right. First step to those money steps you mentioned, ease arrest warrant hearing, and then we'll take it from there. A lot is, it's a lot's at stake, so that's hard to deny. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our fifth keyword of the day. Borders open. So at first, since uh, the pandemic, North Korea has reportedly started allowing foreigners to enter the country again after over three years of closed borders due to COVID-19. What's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so this is according to uh, a report by China State Broadcaster CCTV and not North Korea's uh, state media, uh, interestingly. Now, the reopening apparently started yesterday. Uh, Visitors, though... Uh, the report said we'll need to quarantine for two days. Uh, now, North Korea has slowly been easing its border curbs uh, that were imposed at the start of the pandemic in early 2020 uh, by allowing delegations from China and Russia, so close allies basically in July, uh, and allowing the re-entry of North Koreans from abroad last month. Uh, and of course, uh, of course, traveling outside of the country has been kind of relaxed as well. Kim Jong-un, recent travel to <laughs> Russia, <laughs> is an example of one of those. Now, the U.S. Uh, said it hopes the North will engage in talks again as well, along with the reopening of the borders, because seemingly uh, the more uh, the North is welcoming again um, foreign uh, officials and tourists. Uh, so we'll have to see if that means possible uh, talks with U.S. officials and the U.S. Uh, ambassadors to North Korea as well. But mm. of course, uh, that is a tough and another debate for another segment in another time. <laughs> we might we might just be jumping the gun there because, yeah. uh, I mean, things are so intense, I highly doubt it. And that's according to many pundits. Yet yeah. the U.S. has repeatedly, repeatedly said we're still willing to sit down and talk to yeah. North Korea. Yeah, so basically along with this report, the U.S. is basically saying, oh, look, you guys have opened your borders. Why not join the talks again? But of course, it's easier said than done. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a good one and we'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.